remember there being something about uh, there was they got in a fight. I, I remember her showing me like uh, a bullet hole or something like that by the door, by the front door. But she was being very whispery, hush hush about it, and Ivan was like manic. When this thing goes to court and trial, I have one shot and one opportunity to be not guilty or I go to prison in death row. Mm-hmm. That's, that's the reality of it. We have busted alibis. We have caught people in lies. This is just insane because everybody's pointing the finger at somebody else. You just don't hear every day walking in somebody's house, they're going to take the plastic out and pop somebody. So he could get the execution date pretty much any day? Yeah. There's no impediment. This is Cousins by Blood. Episode 33, Dirty Pool. If you'll remember from the very first episode, this story began unfolding with four people. James and Amy Kitchen and Ivan and Amy Betcher. Two couples. But as happenstance had it, there was actually a third couple that found themselves entwined in this story. Like our other couples, in 2000, they were in their mid-twenties. They had recently become friends with Ivan and Amy and they've yet to be discussed on this podcast because I was worried that throwing too many people at you in the very beginning could make this already convoluted story way too confusing. But now that you have a grasp of the timeline and major events, it will be easy to see how and where they fit in. And they do provide a fascinating perspective because they were hanging out with Ivan and Amy during the main days in question. Ivan, Amy, Craig, and Melanie all went out to dinner the night of November 2nd. And after dinner, Craig and Melanie came back over to Ivan and Amy's apartment. You'll remember that November 2nd is the night of either the pizza man or the night that Ivan fired the gun into the wall, depending on who you believe. But Ivan and Amy both agree they did get into the argument on November 2nd that in episode 30, you heard the upstairs neighbor testify about hearing. Well, apparently, Craig and Melanie were over there right before the argument. And then Melanie came back over the next night, November 3rd, and left just minutes before when Amy says... Ivan went over to kill James and Amy Kitchen. Fast forward to the day after Ivan's arrest. This is from the answering machine at Ivan and Amy's apartment. Saved message. November 9th, 5.55 p.m. Hey, Amy, it's Mel. You need to call me. Talk to you later. Bye. That was Melanie and it didn't sound like she had heard the news at that point. Craig was never called to the stand at Ivan's trial, 
but Melanie was. And this is from her trial testimony, being read by actors. Are you married? Yes. And what's your husband's name? Craig. I want to take you back to the end part of last year of 2000. Do you know Amy Betcher? Yes, ma'am. When did you meet her? I met her Labor Day weekend. Do you also know Ivan Cantu? Yes, I do. When did you meet him? Labor Day weekend. Where did you meet him? Lake Louisville. I went, we went for my birthday and we ran into them out at the lake. Did you have a chance to get to know Amy and Ivan on that weekend? No, not really. I just met them briefly that weekend. I mean, we exchanged greetings and small talk mainly, but... When is the next time that you saw either one of them? The Dragon's Ball Halloween party. At the Halloween party. Let me take on Labor Day weekend. Were Ivan and Amy Betcher a couple? No, they were just friends. Do you know when they became a couple? Sometime between then and the Halloween party, because the Halloween party, Amy told me they had gotten engaged. And at that time, did she have an engagement ring or... No. Did she describe what the situation was? Well, she said they were engaged and they were going to buy a ring together soon. At the Halloween party... Did you and your husband visit with the defendant? Yeah. What was the main topic of your conversation? Ivan gave me a business card for it. He was working for a mortgage company, and we were looking to buy a house. And so, you know, he told us that he could help us out with that and gave us his business card, and we talked about that for a little bit. In your discussion about getting a house, what was the next time that you were going to see either the defendant or Amy Betcher in regards to that? I guess probably the following Thursday, we ended up getting together and having dinner. We kind of, the four of us, my husband and I and Ivan and Amy, went and had dinner at Mikosina, and we went back to their house, had some glasses of wine, and just had a conversation and talked about it. And he got on his computer and put some numbers in, and, you know, he told us how much we could qualify for based on our income and stuff like that. And then he mentioned the next night, perhaps I should bring over some of my W-2s and tax information and stuff like that. Do you recall what date that was? It was the uh, November 2nd. And that's of the year 2000? Yeah, uh uh-huh. How were Amy and the defendant acting toward each other at that time? Very affectionate, very lovey-dovey and in love like many engaged kids. Just by the way that they were acting, watching them, Did it look like maybe one was more happy than the other? Not really. I mean, they looked pretty smitten with each other. Did it seem like to you that maybe this was all Amy's idea to get engaged and the defendant didn't really have? No, absolutely not. No. After you left Mikulsina, did you go back to the apartment where the defendant and Amy Betcher lived? Yes. And did you talk more business there? Uh Uh-huh. Were you using drugs that night? No. Was Amy Betcher using drugs that night? To my knowledge, nobody was. I mean, I know I wasn't. Approximately what time did you leave on Thursday night? November 2nd. I want to guess maybe probably about 10.30 or 11. And when you left, how were they acting? Well, just as sweet as they could be. 
Had you all made any plans for the following day to get together? They had invited us to go out with them Friday evening to a club and, you know, hang out and stuff. And then I was going to come over and also drop off the tax papers before we went out. The next day, which would have been Friday, November 3rd, 2000, do you recall what time you got to their apartment on Friday? About 8 o'clock or so. It was dark, I know that, so it was probably about 8. What was Amy Betcher's demeanor when you got there? Well, Amy was in the shower when I got there, or they were both in the shower when I got there, and Ivan greeted me at the door in a towel and then went and changed into a pair of shorts. I didn't talk to Amy for about 15 minutes, but when I did, she was... I would categorize her as very nervous. Did that seem strange to you? Yeah, I mean, she was real jumpy and she was shaken. At first I thought maybe she was just cold from getting out of the shower, but she didn't stop, so... And how different is that from the way she was acting the night before? The night before, she was bouncing off the walls just as happy as she could be. She had pictures of a catalog looking at engagement rings, and she was totally different than the night before. How was the defendant acting? He seemed to be in a really, really good mood. Was he acting basically the same that he had been the night before? He was probably a little bit more exuberant than he was the night before, actually. It seemed like he was really looking forward to going out. At some time during your, or while you were there, were you going to leave to get cigarettes? We had talked about it. We were all out of cigarettes, and it was kind of actually a debate as to who was going to go. At this time, were you using drugs? No. Was Amy Betcher using drugs when you got there? No. When you were discussing who was going to get cigarettes, who wanted to go? Amy was going to go with me to get cigarettes. Did she end up going with you? No. Why? Ivan said she needed to get ready and didn't want her to leave. Was there anything unusual in the exchange when you were trying to decide who was going to go and who was not? Not really. I mean, Ivan was always... Every time Amy had to clear everything with Ivan, so to me, that didn't strike me as odd. Did you go get cigarettes by yourself? Yes. Do you recall about what time it was when you got back? Maybe 9, 9.30. I had been there maybe like a half hour or an hour before I left, so I, I think. Now, you had said a few moments ago that they were both in the shower when you got there. Uh-huh. Do you know why? Y yeah. Amy told me Ivan had to wash her hair because she couldn't because her hand was hurt. Did you see her hand that evening? Yes, ma'am. Describe to the jury which hand it was and what it looked like. I couldn't honestly be sure what hand it was. I mean, I was looking at her. I want to say it was probably her right hand, but her knuckles were cut up pretty bad and it was real red and swollen and she couldn't flex it. Had it been like that the night before on Thursday when you all went to dinner? No, it hadn't. Did you ever ask her any questions about her hand? No. Did you ever make any comments in front of the defendant about her hand? Sorta. And what was her reaction from Amy Betcher when you began to make comments like that? She stood behind him and waved her hands like this to tell me to shut up. When you left, how was the defendant dressed? Jeans and a t-shirt. Do you recall what the t-shirt looked like? I have a vague recollection that it was 
Black? Do you recall what the jeans looked like? They were your standard blue jeans. Kind of baggy, very trendy. You'll remember the bloody jeans found in the trash can that linked Ivan to the murders. Along with describing Amy's demeanor, this would seem to be some of the most valuable testimony from Melanie for the prosecution. She could put Ivan in jeans that night. Were they a dark denim, a light denim? Medium dark, probably medium. And you had made some plans to go out with the defendant and Amy Betcher later that evening. Was that still your plan? No, my husband didn't want to go. Why did he not want to go? He just didn't really like hanging out with them that much. Did he dislike Amy Betcher? He thought Amy was boring. When you left their apartment, was the defendant still there? Yes. Do you recall about what time you left? Maybe 10 o'clock? I mean, it was... I'd been there for probably an hour or two, so probably 10 o'clock. Had Amy discussed with you all going out with him later that evening? Yes. And what was her demeanor when she was discussing whether or not you were going to go? She was pretty adamant that we go. Did that seem unusual to you? A little bit, yeah. Can you tell me why? She seemed kind of clingy for Amy. She's, she was always a lot of fun to hang out with. And she was really easygoing for the most part. And I had never seen her be quite so adamant about us going with her anywhere. Did you talk to her again after you left the apartment? She called on my cell phone. About what time? Probably midnight-ish, something along those lines. It was pretty late. So that would be while Ivan was at James' house. Amy Betcher called Melanie just minutes after when she said Ivan left with a gun and proclaimed he was going to kill James and Amy Kitchen. What was her demeanor during that conversation? Kind of the same way. She was real, very withdrawn. She wasn't real forthcoming. She asked again a number of times during the conversation for us to go with them. She seemed kind of nervous. After you spoke with her at midnight that evening, did you talk to them again? No. Did you go out with them? No. When's the next time that you heard from the defendant and Amy Betcher? Amy called me from their car, excuse me, from the car phone on their way back from Arkansas Tuesday evening, I believe. What was her demeanor at that time? She sounded kind of normal. I mean, she was, you know, they were in the car on the way home. I asked about the trip and how everything went. She said it went well. You know, family liked him and all that good stuff, so. On Tuesday, do you know what that date was? Let me see, uh, I guess it would have been the 7th. And that's the 7th of November? Yes, ma'am. On Tuesday, when you spoke with Amy Betcher, did you know that they had been murdered? No. When you talked to Amy Betcher when she was on her way home from Arkansas, did you try to make plans to see her later in the week? Yeah, I asked her if she wanted to get together and have lunch. And what did she tell you? She said she would have to ask Ivan. Did she ever get together with you and have lunch? No, ma'am. Melanie's testimony was pretty straightforward. And 20 years later, I didn't know what Craig and Melanie would have to tell me. But I wanted to find out. Since 2000, I knew that Craig and Melanie had gotten divorced. I already knew Melanie's testimony. But I wanted to see what Craig could remember. 
so I popped up on him first. Your name came up in a case that I'm working from 2000. You remember in Ivan Can too? I think you and your ex-wife might have had dinner with them the night before some murder. Can you remember anything from the night before when y'all went out to dinner that was struck you odd or anything like that? Just the fact that we went out to dinner. I'm taking your word for that. I mean, this is 20-something years ago. Right? Yeah. So nothing, nothing from that incident really. Yeah. No. No. I know. All I know is he was helping us with a mortgage. We, uh, and then literally like two days later or a day later, uh, we read, read in the paper that he was, uh, accused of killing something. Yep. And then, yeah. And then we were trying to get our fucking mortgage papers back. Craig didn't remember much, but he was still in touch with Melanie and let her know I'd be contacting her the following day. The main element from Melanie's testimony that didn't jive with Ivan's story was what Ivan was wearing the night of November 3rd, the night of the midnight visit. Melanie testified Ivan was wearing jeans that night, which was very significant because Amy also said Ivan was wearing jeans. And then the jeans with the victim's blood was found in the trash can in Ivan and Amy's apartment. But Ivan has maintained he never wore those jeans. He said he wasn't wearing jeans that night Ivan told me since he and Amy were going to Club 7 that night, he was wearing club clothes. I've actually seen a picture of the clothes he said he was wearing that night. He was wearing the same outfit for his birthday party in Jamaica a few months prior, and Tawny still had a picture from that night. It's on our social media and website. The outfit Ivan was wearing in that picture, and Ivan said he was wearing the night of the murders, was a black and gray club shirt with black pants. Now, if Ivan did commit the murders, he could have always changed into the club wear after coming back from James and Amy's house. But Ivan said he was never wearing jeans that night. So why did Melanie say otherwise? Hey Matt, this is Melanie turning your call. Hello Melanie, thank you for calling me back, I appreciate that. I spoke with Craig, last night. What I'd like to start out with, and again, I've read your trial testimony and I know it's been 20 years. I'll be, I'll do as good as I can to remember as clearly and as concisely as I can, so. Okay, well, let's start with November 2nd, whatever you can remember from that Thursday night. Okay, my recollection was that we uh, we're meeting for dinner uh, to go over to discuss. Ivan uh, did mortgages. We were in the newly married and were in the market to buy a house. And, but it was also friendly because he and Amy were, you know, they were they were kind of sort of our contemporaries kind of thing. And so we met for dinner to discuss mortgages. And anything else uh, from the dinner that you recall? Nothing in particular. Okay. And then... Yeah, your testimony said that after um, the restaurant, Nikosina, uh, you did go back to Ivan Amy's apartment that night. Yes. Oh, I'm glad you said Nikosina because I remember we had the big, the margaritas with the sangria in them, our real ass kickers. So I had one of those. I think that Ivan and Amy's apartment was pretty close to that place. Yeah, so, it was very close. Yeah, it was right. right down the road. And then what do you remember about, um, going back over to their apartment? 
that night. I thought it, that they hadn't been together very long. I mean, it was it was cute, it, you know, but I, I it reminded me of like high school kids playing grown up kind of, you know. But it was, I mean, but that's pretty much it. I mean, they were they were happy, they were getting along, you know. There weren't any fighting. There wasn't anything weird or out of out of the ordinary. I mean, you know, I felt completely comfortable going over there the next time I went over there. Which would have been the the next night, that Friday night, right? Okay, so now tell me about what you can remember about the Friday night. I knew I was dropping off paperwork related to the mortgage, uh, or getting a mortgage. I don't remember, honest to God, don't remember if my husband and I actually wanted to go out Friday. We probably did. We were young back then. You know, I had the energy for that. But I remember it being, the atmosphere was completely different. It was night and day. And how so? Uh, Amy was scared. Um, Ivan was erratic at best. Um, he was just like real, it was, it was weird, man. I mean, I distinctly remember it being really weird. You know, and like Amy, something like, she wanted to go with me or something like that. She kept trying to make it for like for her to come with me as opposed to and ride with me instead of staying with Ivan or something like that and then he kept like making excuses for her to not do that always something that she wanted some reason for her to leave with me I remember that even if it was just to run off to the store or to you know do something or other she wanted to, to wanted to leave with me did you ever talk to Amy I mean that night and she tell you why it was weird or tense or whatever? She said, I remember there being something about, uh, there was, they got in a fight. I, I remember her showing me like uh, a bullet hole or something like that by the door, by the front door. But she was being very whispery, hush hush about it. Like, you know, and I remember Amy being much more subdued and, and careful, like, like you know, about her words, and it was, and, then, and Ivan was, like, manic. And, and why do you say that? What was he doing that seemed manic? Um, he, he was the very definition of manic. He was high energy. He was really, like, upbeat to an extreme where it was almost kind of off-putting, um, yeah, he wouldn't stay on a subject, you know, he, he wouldn't stay in a room, he wouldn't stay on topic, he wouldn't, you know, wouldn't, he was unfocused and just all over the place. Did it seem like he was on drugs? I wouldn't have thought that this was drugs. I thought it might, maybe I, I might have thought that it was exacerbated by drugs or not being familiar with, you know, some of the stuff that, you know, life teaches you, you know, like what a manic episode is. I might have thought that he had done a whole bunch of coke. You know, like a whole bunch. You know, I was always pretty much a fun guy, you know, but it wasn't, it wasn't like, I mean, it was, it was, it was manic. He was manic. But you never saw him doing drugs while you were there that Friday night. I do not recall the drugs that Friday night in the apartment. No, I do not. 
I never knew Ivan did not do drugs. I didn't know Ivan for an extended period of time either. I knew Ivan for, you know, a brief period. Maybe a few months, maybe a few weeks, something like that. I mean, we were not close. Well, and I guess, had you ever seen him act like he was acting that Friday night prior on cocaine or not? No. I remember it being uncomfortable. I do remember that. But at that point, you know, I was kind of ready to get home. I really wanted to make sure that Ivan had the documents. You know, it was like, here, here's my documents. You know, we spent Thursday talking about it. I pulled it all together on Friday, dropped it off over there. I mean, that's pretty much, you know, I was, I, by that time I was ready to go. Well, let me ask you about the bullet hole. Do you remember her pointing out the bullet hole? Yeah, or do you remember... No, I would not have noticed that. I remember her pointing it out to me. And did she say anything about the bullet hole? She probably did at the time, but I think about that, you know, probably right about that. I was like, holy shit, bullets, that means guns, I gotta go, you know, kind of thing. Did you ever see a gun in the apartment? Wyndham Hotels and Resorts makes travel possible for all. Whether it's the long haulers looking for a great cup of coffee, a roomier rest for the on-a-wim road trippers, or a place to make summer memories with the whole family. No matter who you are, where you're going, or why, with 24 trusted brands to choose from like La Quinta, Days Inn, and Super 8, your Wyndham is waiting. Get the lowest price at WyndhamHotels.com. Restrictions apply. Visit website for more details. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code SPOTIFY for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. I don't recall ever seeing a gun, no. Well, do you remember what Ivan was wearing? Honestly, uh, I remember jeans and a black t-shirt. Your the only reason I remember jeans and a black t-shirt is because they kept making a big deal out of it. Who kept making a big deal about it? Like when I was on the stand, you know, are you sure this is what he was wearing? And I had to answer that question like three times, I think. Did the prosecution at all talk to you prior to being on the stand? Mm, not that I recall. But you remembered him wearing the black shirt and jeans specifically before they started asking you about that. I mean, that was that was your recollection. That wasn't something that they kind of... No, that was, I mean, I can envision it in my head right now. Yeah. Black t-shirt. Okay. Oh, that's great. In your testimony, they ask you, do you recall what the jeans look like? Yeah. If you see them in your head, how would you describe the jeans? Well, I can vision in my head right now. They're kind of like new blue jeans that had a slightly faded look to them. It's very trendy. I can't even think of the brand. I'm trying to think of the brand right now, and I can't think of it. Um, but it was, you know, I mean, it was a very trendy cut. It was a very trendy style. You know, they were a little bit baggier. It was what was in at the time. 
However, the jeans in the trash can were Arizona brand. Just everyday jeans. Not what people would say was trendy back then. And the jeans Melanie saw Ivan wearing, if those were the same jeans in the trash can, they would had to have been very baggy on Ivan, as they were bigger in the waist and length from his normal size. But when you say baggy, was that, you know, was he kind of sagging? I mean, was it a sag baggy? No, no, he would have had a belt on. I mean, Ivan was always very, very polished. Continue. But they fit him at the waist. I mean, it wasn't like he was, they weren't like skinny jeans like guys wear now, you know, and they weren't like Wranglers or cowboy jeans or anything like that. They're pretty straight legs, you know, they, they have a little bit more post to them. Does that make sense? Yeah. And do, okay. do you remember like what the bottoms of them look like? Were they kind of, uh, I mean, were they, fitted well to his uh, length, or were they kind of extra baggy at the bottom? I want to say it's almost like they were rolled at the bottom, but they were. But he would have done that. That would have been cheesy. So, um, you know, I want to say they were narrower at the bottom. Um, I don't know if they were too long. I really, honestly, I did not notice the, the bottom part of his jeans. So now, you were the last ones to see Ivan with those jeans, and then those jeans, or, or a pair of jeans, would become one of the key pieces of evidence uh, against Ivan. Now, you said that uh, Ivan was pretty skinny, and other people have told me that. Can you make an guesstimate about what size jeans Ivan wore, and specifically would have been wearing that night, um, if you maybe compare them to your husband or Craig or what size they wore, would you have any way to estimate what size? Um, I would say at best he would have been like, like he was smaller than Craig. I know that. Uh, I would like if, if Craig was a 32, I would have probably a 30 and I was a little bit shorter too. And I hate to use this term describing a man, but he was petite. So you saw him that night, and your best guess would be? Yeah, his waist would be somewhere 29, 30, something like that, maybe. Okay. And Steam would have probably been maybe a, a 30, 32 at the most. Yeah, and that's what most people say. And Ivan says he was a 30-30. So basically, what Amy says happened that evening after you left that Friday, shortly after you left, if you left about 10 or 10.30, about 11.15, Ivan called James and said he needed to come over there because he needed to tell him something. So Ivan leaves wearing well, Ivan says he wasn't wearing jeans. Um, Ivan says he was wearing black pants and like a black and gray shirt. But you do, you're 100% he was wearing jeans. Oh, yeah. Well, you saw him in this apartment. Yeah. Okay. So he called James and basically told his Amy that uh, he was going over there to kill James and Amy. Amy Kitchen was her name. He goes over there 
um, Amy's staying at their apartment. That's when she calls you. And then so that Ivan came back, she said he had blood on him. But she said that he was wearing James' shirt and James' shoes, but he was still wearing the same jeans. And it, and it goes both ways. Sometimes she put the jeans and socks in the trash can because there were jeans and socks found in their kitchen trash can. Sometimes she did, sometimes he did, but either way, the jeans that were found in the trash can, they were 3432s. Okay. And from and they were also Arizona brand jeans. Okay. I, I would buy that. They, I remember them being somewhat baggy on them. I wouldn't have thought that they would have they were maybe four inches bigger in the waist. That seems like a big jump, but then again, like I said, I don't always wore a belt, you know? Was he wearing a belt that night? I wanna say, yeah, probably. But I don't remember if his shirt was tucked in or not. But I guess, could he? Well, I'm just wondering if he could have... Yeah, probably. Yeah, probably. What time of year was yeah, that? It was November. Yeah, it was November. So I remember it being a... I mean, he would have might have been wearing layers, you know? I mean, I could see that if he had, you know, a shirt or maybe... You know, sweaters, you know, that kind of stuff. You know, you could hunt your sweater in and, you know, I mean, I can see it. It's not completely far-fetched. It does seem mm-hmm. like a, a little bit of a, a size jump just because I know how much, I know how long, how much four inches is. Four inches is a lot in the scheme of things, you know. Mm-hmm. When you're talking about your weight. And you thought that they were trendy, I guess, because other people that I've talked to have said, you know, Arizona jeans, at least at that time. Yeah, they were not. Arizona jeans were not a cool brand, but it was like their attempt at a trendy cut, if that makes sense. Well, I have a picture of the jeans. I mean, can I send you a picture of these jeans? I can text you one right now. Yeah, yeah, thanks for Jimmy. So did you get that picture? Did that look like them, or can you tell? Yeah, actually, that's the color that I remember. So, I mean, that's kind of consistent with what you remember? Yeah, it is, yeah. Um, but yeah, this is the right cut. I mean, they were they would have been baggy. It's just a shame that they never had him try on the jeans at trial to see if he could uh, wear that 3432 because um ivan has said that uh and most people guess like you that he would have worn 3030 oh yeah hey matt i'm gonna say something here and i and i want you to um understand i don't know what i don't know how this is gonna play into all of this but Mm-hmm. The more we talk about this, it brings more details into my brain. And I am, I swear to God, I am not making shit up, okay? Because if you were to ask me right now whether or not I thought Ivan did it, yeah, I, thought, I think Ivan did it. I really do, you know? 
that's just me. I, you know, just, I don't know. But, earlier on, you were talking about who uh, was talking to me prior to my testimony. I am pretty sure that it was the prosecutor that spoke to me prior to my testimony. And in hindsight, I am almost positive that they told me what he was wearing that night. Before you told them what he was wearing, they told you what he was wearing? Uh, Yeah. I remember being in like a little room. It was like I was i was not in the actual courtroom. I was in a room that was connected to the courtroom. Uh, I remember them going over, you know, this is what we're gonna ask you, da 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 da, you know, and I'm gonna say, do you remember him wearing the blue jeans and the no fear shirt? I remember thinking at the time that that was inappropriate. So, But I didn't know how inappropriate it was. Uh, and I didn't know how big of a deal what he was wearing was going to play into the case. I do recall, I mean, in my head, I, I do recall him wearing the jeans. But that, all that, you know, 20 years later, you got to sit there and you got to wonder, do I remember him wearing the jeans or do I remember them telling me he was wearing the jeans? You know what I'm saying? I know for a fact that they referenced no fear, either in open trial, during my testimony, or in the room, not sure which, maybe both. And you'll remember that Amy said Ivan was wearing a black and white no fear shirt when Ivan went over to James' house that night. The prosecution never brought up the no fear shirt when Melanie was on the stand. So the fact that she remembers them saying that indicates They also told her that prior to her taking the witness stand. And I didn't recall the no fear thing, but I did recall that it was a black t-shirt. Like if I close my eyes and I try to picture Ivan, I picture him, you know, with the jeans and a black t-shirt. And, you know, I don't know if that's my last memory of him or if that's a memory that was planted by the prosecutor or not. But I know for a fact that somebody told me what he was wearing before I went on the stand. Before you told them? Before I told them, yes. I know for a fact they did. So do you think it is a possibility that that's why you remembered it as he was wearing jeans? It's always a possibility. You know how that shit works. I really don't want to tell you that. I I really did not want to say that, but I had to. You know what I mean? Have you thought that for 20 years, or is that just something that your memory just jogged? but as as we were having this conversation, you know, through the whole thing, all right, I'm going to be honest with you. I remembered it, but I really didn't want to say anything. And then it kind of kept nagging at me that, you know, Melanie, that's not right. This is man's life. You need to tell him. And, yeah, here we are. 
do I still think Ivan did it? Yes. Do I think that they played dirty pool? Yes. Does that answer your question? Wow. I don't know how to, I mean, I, I don't remember even, I want to say I was talking to a woman at this time. You know, I couldn't even tell you 100% that. But I remember thinking at the time that they weren't supposed to tell me that. I remember it. But I think it stuck out in my head because wasn't there, isn't there at some point where the judge or somebody like kind of sits you down before you go? and you're going to testify and stuff, and they tell you the rule. These guys are not supposed to do this. They are supposed to do this. They can do this. They can't do that. You know, that kind of thing. I mean, isn't there at some point like a brief tutorial? Typically, they're going to prep you to the process, but they should not be prepping you how to answer, the, if that makes sense. Yeah, they're going to prep you to the process, but not prep you to the content. But you feel like you were... Prep to the content. I didn't know if they told me what he was wearing before I testified. I threw in a stack of Bibles that they did. I know it. I was. I remember it. One hundred percent. One hundred percent. Yes. And they did it in a really nonchalant way too. It was like a. You know, I'm going to ask you if he was wearing, you know, you know, or I'm going to ask you to corroborate that he was wearing the, like, the jeans and the t-shirt and the no fear t-shirt or something like that. You know what I'm saying? And that it just was like, like they were sneaking it into the radar. Like I wasn't supposed to think it was a thing. Very nonchalant, kind of off the cuff. I'm going to ask you if he, if you remember him wearing X, Y, Z, you know, and I'm thinking, what? You know, and then, you know, and then when I'm on the stand, it, do you remember what he was wearing? You know what I mean? Kind of, eh, kind of shady, you know. Uh, guilt or innocence aside, that's a big deal for them to do I that. I do understand that it's a big deal. I, I do understand that it's a big deal. I absolutely do. You know, you don't put a guy in the chair if you know if you if you want it to stick, it's got to stick, and it's got to stick because it's sticky, not because you you know you put a piece of tape on it. You know what I mean? If it were me or my kid or anybody that I love, if I knew that somebody had played dirty pool, then I would be pissed if nobody stood up and said, yeah, they did that. And so here we are. Here we are. The state coaching their witness what to say. Feeding Melanie details to match the evidence could be considered prosecutorial misconduct. And prosecutorial misconduct can constitute grounds for a conviction to be overturned on appeal. If the prosecution played dirty pool with Melanie, it begs the question, which other witnesses did they prep to the content they were looking for? Well, it's reasonable to assume the dirty pool didn't begin and end with Melanie. By this point, we know Ivan's trial was questionable at best. But what we still want to know, what happened that night, the night of the murders, 
Melanie said Ivan was acting manic. So what really did happen after Melanie left their apartment that night? It's time to retrace Ivan and Amy's steps the night of the murders and meet the rest of the witnesses along the way. I saw him. I know he was at my house. I didn't, was that Ivan? Ivan. Ivan okay. Cantu and his fiancée, the girl that was with him at the time. Okay. And what were they doing, just hanging out? Yeah, hanging out, and then they were going to go to uh, Club 7, I believe, is where they were going. So we come driving up, and here is Ivan and Amy. Amy's in the Corvette. Ivan had his driver door open and the rear, the hatch of the, of the uh, Corvette open. I remember the girl Amy being real giddy, you know, like, and they're smiling. We just got engaged. And he never acted weird, or Amy never acted nothing, weird? Nothing, nothing. Nothing. That's what I didn't understand. Next time on Cousins by Blood. We're down to the final episodes. And I know there are people out there with more information about this case. Now is the time to let me know. You can call me at 469-382-2004 or email me at cousinsbybloodpodcast at gmail.com. Follow us on social media and check out the website for all pictures, case information, and trial transcripts at CousinsByBloodPodcast.com. The Prosecution, read by Catherine Ganaimi Leach. Melanie's Testimony, read by Lydia Meadows. Mixing and Mastering by Jody Abbott. Thank you for listening, and stay tuned.